Today we're talking about Power Rangers RPM. Yeah, what does that stand for? Rangers per Malkovich? I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? Welcome to 1,000 Wives of Weird, the podcast which is a celebration of weird film. But today, in a rare instance, we're not necessarily talking about a movie. We are talking about... I mean, we're not talking... It's not necessarily... It's not like, we're talking about a short film. I don't know if you would necessarily call it... This is not a movie. <laughs> it's an in episode of way, television. shape, or form. Uh, I, I, Episodes are like little movies. In the, in the sense that movie, the term movie is derived from moving, moving picture. picture. Okay, there are moving sure. pictures involved. Yeah, no, we're going to get into a lot of semantics. <laughs> This is a this is an episode of Power Rangers written by Umberto Eco. <laughs> but yes, this is going to be an episode. I guess of, Umberto Eco did dealt more in semiotics, but I I you don't didn't even know, know enough is. about Umberto Eco to correct you. So do you know who Umberto Eco is? Not off the top of my head. That's fine. Okay, I I know that I've heard of him. I just don't know. Sure, why. it just it's a name that haunts your dreams. <laughs> I had another Umberto Echo dream. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You clicked on the Power Rangers episode. We're talking about Umberto Echo. <laughs> Power Rangers, for those who don't know, is a martial arts superhero mech fighting kaiju show for kids in America. It's an example of the Japanese tokusatsu genre. Sure. Back in the 90s, someone realized they could make a special effects show for kids on the cheap by taking, legally, they didn't steal it, but by taking footage from a pre-existing Japanese show in which characters are fully masked in costume mm -hmm. and just replacing the footage of their secret identity personas with American actors. Therefore, they can just have a bunch of American teenagers running around being like, oh no, I better transform into a superhero to fight a monster. Yeah. And then they can cut to already shot gorgeous footage of a bunch of Japanese stuntmen in costumes fighting big old monsters. And that is essentially what Power Rangers is. Yes. Every season, just like its source material, a tokusatsu show from Japan called Super Sentai is an entirely new story. It's essentially like an anthology in the same vein as American Horror Story, where they're each their own story, but at the same time, there's also this loose continuity so characters from individual seasons can still interact with each other and have superhero team-ups and stuff like that. I love to hate Ryan Murphy. Yes, I know so you do. So I would love to see... <laughs> The dumb shit he does with Power Rangers. Like, that would be fucking amazing. It's, it's Emphasis on the fucking, because I'm sure fucking, there'd be a lot yes. of fucking in those suits. I was going to say, it was, it's just going to be Power Rangers, but with more sex. Yes. And, like, the, the big bad guy just is just like, a gimp. There'll be, a, like, a plot line for a couple episodes, and yeah. they'll say, fuck it, even though it's a anthology show, and maybe make your plots run most of the season, or just, like... Don't drop interesting shit, or just like make a good show. What's its, the name of this guy again? Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Another thing about Ryan Murphy is that he he's one of these creators who always uses the same people. Yeah. So you're getting Kathy Bates as Rita Repulsa, and I am entirely on board sure. for that. Uh, who would Sarah Paulson play? Uh, Sarah Paulson would play Divatox. Is that a Pokemon? <laughs> I guess this is as good as that. Segue. Like a muck evolution. <laughs> Muck, Digivolve to Divatox. No, no. I'm from space, but I'm obsessed with American currency. It's a coughing evolution where it's just a disco ball. <laughs> that, spews, that spews poisonous gas. Just spews poisonous gas. Sure, why not? I 
grew up watching Power Rangers. I am absolutely so did I. I just obsessed with the show eventually yeah most people just kind of move on from the show it's a very silly stupid program but i am absolutely obsessed with it to this day i own multiple seasons on dvd including the episode we're talking about today you might be wondering why we're talking about power rangers episode here this is partially inspired by last week when we were talking about paddington 2 Mm -hmm. and brad was super excited about talking about paddington 2 because it's a it's something that's very close and dear to his heart. And uh, I mentioned that in that episode that while I cry at Paddington 2, that shouldn't necessarily be a marker of how easy it is to cry at Paddington 2 because I cry at fucking Power Rangers. I recently described you to another friend as a weepy boy. I, <laughs> That's accurate. I, yeah, I am a very weepy boy. I am, I am a weepy, weepy boy. But yeah, uh, I think it was in reference to our chat about Paddington 2. And be like, sure. I cried, Billy cried. Billy's a weepy boy. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's it's never impressive when you tell someone, "Oh, this made Billy cry." Yeah, it's it's no. I started thinking about that and thinking about the episode of Power Rangers that had actually made me cry the most, mm-hmm. and thinking about what a weird artifact of children's television this episode, Doctor K, from the season entitled Power Rangers. Doctor Ketamine. Doctor Ketamine. Dr. Kryptonite. How weird this episode is, and since we talked about something so near and dear to Brad's heart last week, Mm -hmm. this is episode 49 before we do episode 50, in which I'm going to be dealing with a lot. Yeah, I'm... I thought it would be nice to have one one last day of sanity. Sure. For me. Sure. And a, a yeah. last day of, of insanity for Brad, because I'm putting him through this. But uh, I, It's 22 minutes, my man. <laughs> exactly. That was the other thing. I wasn't putting you through it for too long. What is your experience with Power Rangers uh, oh, before I watched, this? Uh, I watched the first generation of Power Rangers. The classic uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, saw the film. The original one or the one from 2017? The original one. Okay. That was like in elementary school. And by the time they sort of gotten, where did they go after that? Space? After that, it was Zeo. Then it was Turbo. Then it was Space. Okay. I think I checked out before Zeo. <laughs> That's, that makes sense. I owned a Power Rangers board game. Oh, I didn't even know there was a Power Rangers board there game. There was. It shows you what kind of a fake fan I am, I God guess. Damn. But I had no friends, so I had no one to play it with. Oh. Um, like, I'm, I bought a lot. My parents got me a lot of board games because I asked for them because they had really cool commercials back in the day. Yes, yes. And 90s board game commercials were something else. And I didn't have any friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes my parents would play with me, but the, the Power Rangers board game was kind of complex. Uh, okay, yeah. All right. Like, who... I think he only appeared in one episode, I but he was in a lot of the marketing and merchandise okay the winged sphinx dude oh yeah he was only in one episode but they did use him everywhere and i was like oh my god he's so cool because i was a little mythology nerd kid sure like and i was like where's this guy but i think he was like the main person you fight in the board game yeah that's odd and he had like a sliding health gauge thing okay okay Uh, so yeah i don't think i ever read the instructions i don't think my parents had the patience to deal with this Wow. But yeah, I was a Power Rangers man. So you're jumping into this in the an ep- a single episode in the middle of a season from way after you stopped watching the show. Like like I said, over a decade after I stopped watching right. the show, like I just in the in the era back when uh Brad was watching it and when the show first came on the air, 
they did try and have a long running story arc that ran through every season. Yeah, because they they thought that Americans got Americans would respond. Green Ranger coming in. You yeah, got the White Ranger coming in. One of them had a knife flute. The the Green Ranger had a yes. knife flute, and he lost it when he became the the White Ranger. But his knife... oh, I thought he just like left it on a train or something. <laughs> no, but the White Ranger's knife could talk to him, so it was okay. I also had a lot of Power Rangers toys. I had that White Tiger. Yeah, yeah, that big one. The big the big White Tiger sword. Yeah. This is how I'm trying to connect with. I, I appreciate like on it. any level. Hey, just... I appreciate it. After season six, which was Power Rangers in Space, they fully adopted the Super Sentai idea of doing an anthology and having every season be a different story. Gotcha. So I wasn't technically dropping you into 20 plus years of continuity, but I was definitely dropping you into the middle of a story arc in one of the most complicated seasons of the show. What was your experience watching this? Would you recommend it um, at all? I don't even know if I can ask if you would recommend it, because, again, you didn't know what was going on. No, like, I mean, <laughs> hey, if you were to pick a random episode <laughs> of Power Rangers Season 76... Right, yeah. I don't know, maybe start with number one? <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, it, I didn't... Like I said, it's 22 minutes of my life. I watched it twice, actually. Started to watch it a third time, I was like... I don't think any more notes are coming. I don't know, man. What do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> like, I, uh, the, I, our four, we, we, I wanted to do something weird for this episode and try something different. The problem is we didn't actually discuss how our format would be different yeah. from, from doing something super different. So I, I don't know. Uh, I guess it, did you enjoy it? Was, was it something that, that you would, based on this episode, would you say like, oh, Power Rangers RPM is a good show? No. Okay. It does not help that this is a show from 2009. Yes. And I'm watching it on a very big television that I bought last year or the year before, and it looks like garbage. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. looks like hot garbage. Mm -hmm. Also, in this episode, they don't like... We'll talk about it later. The thing... The trappings of Power Rangers from the good old days... Yes. ...were not there for me. I obviously do recommend this episode. This episode is a... Very odd anomaly in the Power Rangers franchise. Technically, this whole season, or at least the very the first half of Power Rangers RPM, is a weird anomaly. But I feel like most of the reasons why are summed up in this episode. And I do consider it to be the greatest episode that Power Rangers has ever produced. I will say, for reasons I will get into, the budget for this season had been slashed significantly. So they decided the, to do something incredibly complex. They decided to do something incredibly complex... And the but the quality of the episode, like even if you watch something from more when I was an actual child, like if you were to watch Power Rangers Time Force, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, the acting isn't there. The film the quality, the the film quality, like the, the the camera work, the the actual film stock quality of the the footage is there. It and they they definitely spent a lot more money on the show at that point because that was the height of the show's popularity. Mm, at this point, really. And, Time Force, Lightspeed uh, Rescue. Around that time was really? in in like the mid nineties. Yeah, that, that was, wasn't the mid nineties. Okay, the the late nineties to the early two thousands is when I would say it's the. I mean the the only season of Power Rangers that's really like entered the pop culture zeitgeist in any meaningful way is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, yeah. definitely. But that's why I have all of, these tattoos of it. <laughs> exactly, I started exactly. getting tattoos when I was six. <laughs> Made a lot of good choices. You kept you kept begging your parents board games and tattoos. Yes, specifically of the Sphinx monster from Power Rangers. Yes, yeah. 
Let me go a little bit into the backstory of this. Episode, yeah, how do we? This. How do we? Sure. So, so the 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 main start from the beginning of time. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, that's uh, how we're starting. <laughs> every season of Power Rangers, as I said, it's in it's an anthology show. Every season has a different story, but they also all have the same story. Every season is about a team of young people, usually five or six. They get special. Div- that's way too young. <laughs> five or six years old. <laughs> In one season, babies. in one season, there was a ranger that was like twelve. So, wow. there is that. But no, uh, now you... I want this baby fight show. <laughs> Only babies can sync with the Zords. <laughs> oh no! I could in a really dark Rugrats twenty XDX. Oh my god! Really dark, fucked up Roger Corman version of Power Rangers. I can see like they're like, oh no, we need young people because they're the only ones with brains mushy enough that we can. Let's well, just anime. See. That's true. That is isn't isn't that the plot that of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion or something? Pretty much. I haven't seen it. But I'm talking like that. again, like five or six years old toddlers. Oh, okay. One, I want this. Sure. Like babies. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, babies. Babies. Baby Sentai. But yes, young people, usually a team of five or six young people, either okay. teenagers or young or young adults, uh, get special devices that are called morphers that allow them, when they say a specific phrase, uh, it's morphin' time, Shazam, Kimota, to turn into colorful karate-fighting superheroes that pilot giant robots and fight armies of evil kaiju. Uh, they usually have, like, a home base, and they just, like, fight off all the monsters. And some sort of Charlie who delivers them... Like from Charlie's Angels. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, there's always uh, there's always some sort of mentor character who's who's there to just. In give my them day, we called him Zordon. Exactly, Zordon. There was the also a little one. little prissy robot. Yeah, Zordon and Alpha Five are That's definitely it. the most iconic mentors. Uh, Alpha Five had a head like a hamburger. Alpha Five did have a head like a hamburger. I always thought uh, that as a child. That was my deep analysis <laughs> of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> The actress who played Alpha 5 in that the That was a woman? That was a woman. <laughs> <sighs> you know I come from high society. I, I do, yes, yes. Very, very high society. I went to finishing school. Yes. <laughs> so it every, is... time, every time you drink a beer, your pinky is always out. Yes. Yeah. I don't drink beer anymore. Oh, okay. That's improper. <laughs> How blasphemous to have a woman play a robot. <laughs> Everyone knows robots are only men. One day a woman's playing a robot. Yes. The next day she's making a robot. <laughs> then where are we? Oh man, that's that's only logic what you just had there. You're spitting straight facts. But yes, they always have some sort of mentor character. The series is usually very light-hearted in tone. Oh, really? A children's show? Yes. It's a kid's show. <laughs> it's sort of like if they only had like 10 minutes on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Which is And the other twelve minutes were monsters. <laughs> that is kind of the vibe of the original Mighty Morphin yeah. Power Rangers. It really feels like it's saved by the bell, but the characters have less personality. Yes. And they only have a couple minutes because they have to fit their story in between pre-existing Japanese yes. footage of, of monster fights. Over the years, the series has gone a little bit darker here and there as the mm, fandom has grown up. Yeah. And the writers have gotten really, bored they're banking with the on the plots. people. Staying with the fandom, not continuing to court the younger viewers. Most of the time they continue to try and court the younger viewers. There have been a couple of times when they have tried to move on from that. One of the weirdest seasons, which I won't talk about too much, 
but it is Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, where they straight up did an alien an episode that was just James Cameron's aliens. Okay. But with Power Rangers in it. Has there ever <laughs> been a beach Power Rangers where they're always on the beach? Yes. It's called Power Rangers Ninja Storm. They're all ninjas and surfers at the same time. Are there are there, and also dirt bikers. Are there mechs surfboards? Their mechs are not surfboards. Damn it. I, I was hoping all battles took place on the high seas. But I believe that their their Zord had like a special surfing mode that it could Good. do. Yeah. Zords are the term they have for their mechs. Each individual ship is a Zord when they combine they're a Megazord. Very technical terms in this in this Power Rangers universe. This season, like I said, we're talking about is Power Rangers RPM. Again, very weird season. Question. Yes. Every you're just so I'm clear. Yes. Every season is a new story, meaning there is no continuity between seasons. There's a loose continuity. Again, okay, so like, there is like, some flow there is from some one flow. season into another. Really, the only continuity that exists there is that you are expected to, until very recently, mainly because RPM kind of made it so that you can't go the way they were going, but up until RPM happened, there was this basic idea that Every season of Power Rangers happened in this universe, just like maybe last year. Okay. And so, for instance, you would have an episode of Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue where the Lost Galaxy Rangers would cross over, their villain would come back. So people are just Power Ranging all over. They're just Power Ranging all, all over the It's place. all technically in the same mm -hmm. universe. Exactly. Some, some seasons will have more connections to other seasons than others. But again, it's kind of like what I hear, at least, from American Horror Story, where you'll just have, like, Kathy yeah. Bates will show up and is like, oh, no, I'm not this season's Kathy Bates. I'm actually playing last season's Kathy Bates. There are lots of things in Power Rangers that make me cry. I cry when Bulk and Skull inspire the citizens of Earth to bum-rush Dark Spectre. I cry when Captain Mitchell gave up Ryan to Diabolico, but uh, nothing makes me cry harder than this episode. This Diabol Diabolico sounds like a luchador. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Was I honestly there ever a wrestling Power Rangers? Oh, there hasn't been a wrestling Power Rangers, but they're in Power Rangers Ninja Storm. The bad guy does wear what looks like a luchador mask the entire time. Racist, but he's a ninja and not a luchador. Oh. Yeah, so not racist, lame. Yeah, just it should have been just racist. Lame. There should <laughs> is my point <laughs> of the two choices: racist or lame. <laughs> Oh, man. I really want a Luchador Power Ranger series now, though. That sounds awesome. They, so, as I said, most Power Ranger seasons are just like modern-day young people living in a city fighting off monsters. RPM takes place after the end of the world. Right. Uh, immediately deviating Which was from the norm. confusing. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, there is a little blurb in the beginning that's yes, like... it does establish you it. You have to get to the dome city of Corinth. And wasn't yeah. Corinth the city that Oedipus ruled over? I think you might be right about that. I don't remember that for a fact, but that is it is definitely like a mythological reference. So there's a lot of psychosexual stuff going on in Definitely here. a lot of psychosexual going on in this episode about child abuse, yes. But yes, this season takes place after the apocalypse. There's a very brief blurb at the beginning of the intro that says... Sorry. Corinth was not the city that Oedipus ruled over, okay. but it is the city that he was raised by his adoptive parents in. Ah, I see. Very important distinction. Still, 
Still, it, there's an Oedipus, con- there's an Oedipal connection there. Absolutely. Yeah, in the, the intro it says, oh no, this sentient computer virus, Vengex, has created an army of robotic soldiers and taken over our world. Our only refuge is in the dome city of Corinth, and the only hope we have left is Power Rangers RPM! And then the theme wow. song kicks in. Yeah, that's that's all that's all the context I gave Brad <laughs> for this episode. I don't think you gave me even that. I mean, I you watched the episode, so you got that in, you got that intro. Yeah, but you didn't give it to me. <laughs> no, I mean like I gave you the episode and I was like, just here, deal with it. All right. Umberto Echo is very angry. <laughs> Some background about this season. This season was the last produced during a brief time when the franchise was owned by Disney. The production Hmm. team realized that it was most likely their last season because it was the last season that Disney was contractually obligated to make. Goofy just kept coming around the set with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Yup, hope you're out of here soon. Uh, apparently Disney hated Power Rangers. Why'd they buy it then? I, I don't know. I think it was part of a package it, uh, that allowed them to purchase all of Marvel's old cartoons from the Fox uh, Kids staple of TV okay. channels. But uh, yeah, they, they bought it and they immediately started hating making it. They hired on a new producer to do this last season named Eddie Gazellian, who all realized that there was a rabid fan base of older Power Rangers fans who were much more dedicated than the younger viewers the show usually tried to market itself towards and figured that he'd make the last season for them and also maybe try and get enough of a response to the last season that maybe it wouldn't be the last season. He wrote up an idea for the season's story before they even knew what the Sentai footage would look like. Okay. He just came up with this idea. Okay, it's a post-apocalyptic Power Rangers. The Black Ranger is Mad Max. Uh, the Green Ranger is an ex-con. And one of them's either Scottish or Irish. I Scottish. did not listen long enough to really... He there, had like two lines. There's a lot of meta humor in Power Rangers RPM. In one episode, a bad guy is looking, naming off the stereotypes each Ranger represents. Like, okay, yeah. the badass, the leader, the girl, the idiot... Who are you? I'm Scottish! And he kicks him in the face. That's fun. Yeah. He wrote up this idea without having any idea of what what the Sentai footage was going to be. He's like, this is going to be the mature adult rangers. And then it turned out that the Sentai that they had to use for the season was a broad comedy in which all of the rangers' equipment, especially their giant robots, have goo-goo eyes on them. Yeah. They're, I With a name like RPM, I'm like, cars. Yes. They are cars. They are cars. But one of them looks like the Angry Bird. <laughs> one of them looks like an Angry Bird. The Yellow Ranger's Zord is a teddy bear with wheels. Like, it's, it's mm. so off-putting, and it's so... Let's face it, ugly. It's so ugly. Yeah, I, do. I would not uh, buy those toys. No, I... No, no, absolutely not. This is a direct quote from Eddie Gazellian at the moment that he was finally shown what Sentai footage he had to work with. Holy shit, I just promised Disney I could turn this into a show that would appeal to older uh, an older audience. I must be out of my fucking mind. Holy shit, wait, what's that on the front of their zords? Are those motherfucking eyeballs? Hmm. But they were already locked in, so they went yeah, ahead anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, just to clarify something for my own edification. Sure. The genre is to... Tokusatsu. Tokusatsu. Bond? Yes. <laughs> just Tokusatsu. Okay. Yeah. And Sentai is a specific... Super Sentai is a specific franchise. But the word Sentai, like that's... Because I always refer to... People who look like Power Rangers as Sentai squads. That's fair. And Sentai, I believe all that Sentai means in English is like a team. Uh, Super Sentai. So the team squad. The, 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 the team squad, yeah. Super Sentai is a specific franchise, but it is also 
used to refer to any show that uses a team of tokusatsu heroes because tokusatsu doesn't necessarily have to be a team it can gotcha. be like common rider exactly it can be like common rider which can in common rider is, it's either one guy or many guys depending on the season japan loves the rapper common common so yes. they made an entire right uh long-running manga anime yeah, absolutely uh, movies it, you know but it, they're it's very embarrassing but they spelled it slightly wrong yeah 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 ultraman is technically a tokusatsu okay the or one of the first tokusatsus was actually a japanese version of spider-man that we keep saying that we might talk yeah. about yeah it's, it's just a it's a very popular genre but if you're talking about a team show you're talking about Sentai. Gotcha. And if you're talking about Super Sentai, you're talking about this specific franchise that has been run by this one company for years. Gotcha. But yes. That company is actually Toei, isn't it? Yes, it is. Toei. Exactly. Uh, one of the really big Japanese studios. One of the biggest. And I believe that this... this I, The fact that the Zords had goo eyes on them is when they first came up with the idea, what if instead of their mentor being an older figure who's like imparting this fatherly or motherly wisdom to them, as it is in most seasons, we're going to have their mentor or their Charlie be no older than they are. And uh, they came up with the character of Dr. K, who is... Uh, Dr. K seemed a little older. I believe that the actress is older than she's supposed to be playing. But okay. in-universe, she's supposed to be the same age, if not younger, than they are. Mm, now I feel a little gross. <laughs> the, the actress that they picked to play it was actually a known... Power Rangers is made in New Zealand because Disney moved the production there to get around unions because Peter Jackson fucked over New Zealand actors uh, when he was making the Hobbit movies. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool dude, our Peter Jackson. R.I. Peter Jackson. They cast a well-known child actress from New Zealand to play the part. Gotcha. Uh, so she's known as Crying Girl on Horse in Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Oh. Very popular character, Crying Girl on Horse. I've written many a fanfic. <laughs> Yes, Lord of the Rings, your favorite film franchise. Yes. But I haven't seen it. I won't I, see it. I, I probably will see it at some point. At some point. Well, you, you'll you'll be you'll be just hanging out with somebody someday and be too polite not to uh, tell them to turn it off. If I ever have like a partner who's like, I really want to watch Lord of the Rings with you, sure. I'd be like, Sure. This isn't worth a fight. This is <laughs> This isn't a stand I need to take anymore. Right, right. But if anyone's like, hey, you want to watch Lord of the Rings? I'll probably be like, no. Yeah, if you have the option. You're and then be... I'll explain my weird reasons why I won't. <laughs> I think they're perfectly reasonable reasons. That I mean, this isn't a Lord of the Rings episode, but yeah. So we've already kind of talked about the intro, but yes, the few survivors of the systematic extinction of the human race all live in one city, mm -hmm. Corinth, dome structure protected by the Power Rangers. Dr. K developed the Morphers. Another thing that really confused me. Yes. This is Earth? This is Earth. Okay. This is on Earth. Everyone on Earth is dead except for the citizens of this one city. Gotcha. Yes. So already starting off on a super dark note. So we can assume that all the former Power Rangers who gave up being a Power Ranger are now dead. They're, They're all grave. hella dead. Either all of them are hella dead or everyone in this city is a retired Power Ranger. Mm. Because again... I mean, it's been going on for a while. Yeah, like 20 plus years at the point that this season came out. So, Oh, you know what? I... <laughs> I want a Power Rangers movie in the style of John Wick. My God. We're just like, everyone's a fucking Power Ranger. <laughs> oh my God. I would, I would, I would, I would die. So Dr. K, the actress playing Dr. K is Olivia Tennant. Up until... Sister of David Tennant. 
Exactly. Uh, sisters don't get ends in as many ends in their names no. as their brothers. Very. She's not actually David Tennant's sister. No, she's that not. we know of. That we know of. She could be. She, she, could, she could be his identical cousin. We could all be David Tennant's sister and not know it. <laughs> Man, I hope I'm David Tennant's sister. I'd love that. I'd love that for you. Yeah. I'd love that for me. Yeah. I'd love that for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. I, you can come over and be quirky. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be, be like uh, just uh, disarmingly charming, wearing velvet suits. It'll be yeah. great. But yeah, so up until this point in the season, Dr. K only spoke to the Rangers through a big screen that had a K on it. When you lifted your hand, you lifted up your hands. Yes, I did. To show to, to the, display the big screen, the size with a K of the on screen. It. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't see her face. This is the first time you saw Doctor K's face. This is not the first time that you saw Doctor K's face. Her face was revealed, I think, two episodes prior to okay. this. Okay. But it was like a big sort of like don't look at the little girl behind the curtain sort of scenario. God, I thought you were going to say when you lifted your hands like that, a yeah. boombox, <laughs> and just like. Just like one, like an armed guard would come out, like a hype man, like Radio Raheem with the boombox, and just be like, because she's supposed to be younger. One slice. She's supposed to be younger. She's hipper. She knows what the kids like in 2009. Right, right. And, and it's ghetto blasters. She she really would have been Charlie at that point. She's yeah. just like, like <laughs> hey, hey, we got, we got a message from Charlie here. That's a scenario that we come into this episode with. The world is dead, mm-hmm. except for the human's... All in this one city who are all New Zealanders, desperately trying to hide their New Zealand accents. In the world of Power Rangers RPM. Yes. How many people, during the mass extinction of the human race, yes. do you think thought this was like the end times, like the biblical rapture? Sure. And just turned out to be robots? <laughs> robots? I mean, the Power Rangers universe is weird enough that I can see... I can imagine that a couple people probably flashed of had just a flash of light and disappeared and people oh, were you like think oh hey there was a rapture uh and but it was actually just some completely unrelated shit they were that just was being going teleported on. they were being to... teleported somewhere yeah exactly so yeah the world is dead robots are constantly attacking the city the city has a force shield so only a, a couple monsters can come through the shield at a time a, a uh, convenient amount of monsters convenient amount of monsters for this uh, situation of the week like... show more monsters would mean that monsters would get through, not like just send one in at a time. You would think, but yes, no, we have to stick to the rules of the Power Rangers episode, which are we only get one monster an episode, mm-hmm. we get one general, like a, a, a sort of acolyte of the, of the villain who is in multiple episodes as opposed to the monsters. Yes. And we get one, and we get a handful of. Uh, foot soldiers, uh, putties from the original yes. show. In this one, they're just a bunch of angry robot people with gears on them. Very, very steampunk. We don't even see them in this episode. Yes, we do. We don't get to see the Rangers fight them. Yeah, we do. Do we? Very briefly, but yes. There's actually must have been really briefly. Yeah, because there's that... a surprisingly there's a surprising lack of action in this episode. Yeah, and that was one of the things where I was like. I don't even get the goon fight. Right, yeah. So I was... I, there, that's what I was talking about, like, the trappings of Power Rangers sure. that I expect. The episode plays lip service to the normal trappings of Power Rangers. Again, you, knew, you normally have, like, some sort of, like, interpersonal conflict that's super low stakes. 
you get uh, a word from the mentor, oh no, the bad guys are attacking. You get a bunch of goons that the Power Rangers plow through really easily to show off their martial arts skills. Then there's a monster with a very specific power and a very specific weakness. They defeat the monster. The monster comes back, but bigger. They get their mechs out. They fight it. End of episode. That's that's the normal Power Rangers formula. This episode has all of those elements technically, but it kind of shoves those to the side and is sort of like, hey, you know Power Rangers. This is happening. This is the main story. It's Power Rangers jazz. <laughs> Just like Shin Godzilla was kaiju jazz. Yeah. This is Power Rangers jazz. It's about the notes they're not playing. It's about the notes they're not playing. Exactly. Well, thank God. <laughs> thank God Miles Davis died on the cross for Power Rangers RPM when to I be think, able to play the variations. When I think of Power Rangers music, there are two people I think of. Ron Wasserman and Miles Davis. <laughs> Just really, Power Rangers is the perfect embodiment of the soul of Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Power Ranger that... The show that famously had a black black ranger in its first season, sparking a huge controversy, and then years later compounded the error error by having its first black black ranger in years be a th- actual thief in the storyline. Uh, is you're the also soul forgetting of the Asian yellow ranger? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that that also is a thing that they did. They never did another one of those. Good. They also That's had a good. they also had a Native American Red Ranger. Mm. Yeah. Red Ranger, Red Ranger, let strangers be danger. <laughs> After all of this, finally we get to the actual episode. Yes. Uh, we open on Doctor K, their mentor, uh, playing a violin alone in her lab, and she's playing a white violin. Yes. And I wondered if this this was a reference to the Umbrella Academy, the comic, obviously. It could be. This story it, feels like a story from the Umbrella Academy. This episode it, does. It sort of does. Yeah. There's but a lot of similar themes. The first run of Umbrella Academy was late 2007 to yes. early 2008. Uh, and it very prominently featured... It's been a while since I read it. And a I character with some white violin, white violin imagery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and this episode aired in May 2009. Yes. It's not impossible. Honestly, I was thinking a lot about Umbrella Academy while watching this episode. Yeah. Just because, again, because of the themes, thematic similarities, I kind of am on board with this. I, yeah. I think that you're very, it's very possible. I bet Gerard right. Way was on set. <laughs> God, I hope so. Just uh, supervising the whole thing, like, <laughs> just like I bet he was a secret EP the entire time. <laughs> I. <laughs> I want Gerard Way to be involved in a season of Power Rangers in some way. Sure. I don't know how. Write him a letter. Just <laughs> Write him a letter and say, do this. Have, have a season of Power Rangers themed around uh, the music videos that he did for their for their last, the last My Chemical Romance album where they had all those music videos with the laser guns and, and um, uh, what's his name? Grant Morrison was playing this big bad guy in their music videos. Oh, that's fun. That that would be great. Their their that video is all most a Power Rangers episode anyway. Just do that. Uh, she's startled in the middle of her playing by the uh, Yellow Ranger Summer, played by Rose McIver, which who's actually gone on to be a pretty popular actress since. Oh, that's then. wonderful. Uh, most Power Rangers actors don't get 
a big career no. afterwards. No, but they don't. Uh, she's broken that curse. Uh, she's was in iZombie for many years as the oh, lead. Oh, great. She's I've now, never watched one second of that television program. I think it's on a show on NBC, Ghosts. I've heard uh, CBS. People CBS. like that ghost show. I've heard that the British version is better, but um, yeah, yeah, a lot of things get made in New Zealand these days again because they don't have unions. Because not entirely because of Peter Jackson, but he helped intentionally. <laughs> Peter on purpose. Jackson he did it last, on purpose. Peter Jackson, the last Pickerton agent. Uh, I'll bust the union for you. <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> I kick ass for the for the bourgeoisie. We are confronted by the stilted way Dr. K talks to people. She says, instead of saying thank you, Summer, when Summer tells her that uh, they're ready for the briefing, she just says, thank you, Ranger Series Yellow. Yeah, I didn't know if that was, again, because I had no context. It was like, mm-hmm. do they... Is that how they're referred to? That's how Dr. K refers to them always. Gotcha. It is technically their official designation, Ranger Series Black, Ranger Series Red, Ranger Series whatever, but she's the only one who always refers to them by that until, again, slight spoilers, I guess, later in the season when her she goes through some development. As Summer leaves the room, we see that the, up until this episode, incredibly stoic and irascible and very sort of like... Kind of like almost a bully that they the Rangers were sort of like always needling. Yeah. Dr. K is crying. Single tear. Single tear. Cut to the Castle of Vengex. Ooh. Because even though Vengex is a sentient computer, essentially Skynet or... Uh, Am. Uh, Am. What, what was the one from Tron a couple weeks ago? Uh, or a couple months ago whenever we were... Master recording. Control. Master Control, MCP. Even though he's supposed to be this logical, com- evil computer, he is extra as hell. And he made himself a whole castle with gears and shit. Yeah. And... Because uh, that's what computers like. That's... <laughs> That's what he's into. Yeah. That's what he's into. He Every developed... computer loves clockwork. <laughs> you it's know, like having your grandfather's bones power the place. Oh my god, I'd love to have a house powered by my grandfather's bones. Which grandfather? <laughs> you have to pick one. Oh man, uh, I'm not going to go into that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Vengex is in their big castle. Uh, he's got a whole bunch of generals. Again, a uh, bunch of Power Rangers cliches. Uh, and he says, welcome to the final nightmare of the living, my reflex bot 12. And it's a little uh, medicine cabinet. Yeah, it's a big, it's a little, it's a, it's a little robot holding a medicine cabinet complete, except uh, unlike most medicine cabinets, its mirror is on the inside. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so diabolical. Yes. It's, it's, and all the medicine is on the outside. And, all the <laughs> and every time he opens it, all the medicine falls off. It's a big robot with a with an opening mirror in its chest. And it can it can do its echo. It's uh it has the Sharingan eye, whatever the fuck that Naruto bullshit is. Oh, um, you're out of my league here. But uh it can copy people's moves. It's Taskmaster. Yes. That's Taskmaster. Yes. I I I understood that reference. As we watch and listen to these characters, we realize two things. No matter how dark one, no matter how dark the show gets, it's still a kid's show, and the sense of mm-hmm. humor of this series is very stupid. It is. Yeah. But uh, there's a terrible actress. Yes, uh, yes. What was her deal? Uh, she Did they just is, need somebody? At this point in the season, all we know about her is that she is another one of Vengex's generals, and he made one of his robots look like a person. There are plot developments later in the season, but they don't really apply here. Okay, I was more like, why is this actress so bad? Oh, uh, honestly, 
The acting in this season is stronger than any other season of Power Rangers that's ever been made. Really? Power Rangers has a... famously bad acting. Yeah, no, I, I uh, yeah. As a fan of the show, really, really bad acting. You watch it more for the tight-bodied young teens than anything else. <laughs> and by teens, I mean people who are 24 years old. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I watch it for the skin-tight jumpsuits and motorcycle helmets. It's a very yep. specific fetish of mine. Cut back to Rangers HQ. And the briefing, Dr. K is filling the Rangers in, uh, and the head of humanity's remaining military forces, Colonel Mason Truman, uh, on the fact that Venjik's scientific abilities have begun to surpass hers, and she fears that the battle is one that they are fated to lose. It's almost like the stakes have never been higher. Uh, Ziggy, the Green Ranger. Yeah. Oh, is that... That's his name. I've... Ziggy. I thought that was the actor's name, Ziggy Grover or something like that. No, that's the character's name. Thank God. Thank fucking Christ. <laughs> you thought some poor human being was saddled with the name Ziggy Grover? Or even worse, they chose it. <laughs> the name of like two, that was their stage name. The name like of their two, nom de film. <laughs> the name of two Muppets glued together. Ziggy Grover. Uh, the actual... <laughs> no, that's... that's uh, the time David Bowie visited Sesame Street and Grover, uh, Gro- Grover, Grover got, got the got lightning in. bolt on his face. Yeah, just... technically Aladdin sane, but uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The Green Ranger Ziggy, as I said, is played by an actor named. There's Mark. a star, man. <laughs> There's a ranger in space. Played by Milo Cawthorn, who a couple years after the show wrapped, uh, actually married Olivia Tennant. Great. They were married for three years, and then they uh, broke up. But uh, for a while, that was very cute. For a while, they were fucking. (laughs) For a while, they were indeed fucking. But yes, Ziggy tells Dr. K uh, that they she can't be so cynical. We're the good guys. We'll win through. Mm-hmm. Again, playing on the tropes of, of Power Rangers. He says, their stuff can't be better than our stuff. We're the good guys, right? And Dr. K says that the only way that they could possibly improve their tech... Uh, would be to make the Zords be able to combine into a different Megazord than the Megazords they already have. Uh, so I was a little confused on this. Okay, go ahead. Can they not all combine together? Can they only combine into like... Up until this point in the show, the red, yellow, and blue Ranger Zords could all combine into one Megazord. And then the other group And the black another. and the green Rangers could uh, combine into a different okay, Megazord. that's what I thought. Yes, and then there she's saying we could maybe fight, we could maybe beat more of these monsters if we could get all of the machines to combine together. But I haven't figured out how to do that because we need uh, another Buckaroo Banzai Overthruster. Exactly, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, she, there's a lot of tech jargon here. Oh, so uh, much, so, so much. Deep. It's it's very honestly, convincing, very compelling. Honestly, a little irritating. Even it's like some reading hard sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of. It's literally like we need another battery. Yeah, eventually that's what it comes down to. But there's a lot of like, oh, we need the multimodal reflection sorting with the reversing the polarity of the neutron flow and all that shit. Yeah. Before they get, and then they finally have the excuse me, doctor, what are you saying? And she's like, hey, we need, we need, uh, we need a new, we need a new thingamawatset for the for my table. I have one thingamawatset. I need a different thingamawatset. But we only have the one thingamawatset, and we don't have anything to it. make a new thingamawatset. Uh, 
So uh, the Rangers are all like uh, really upset about this. They're all freaking out. They're they're yelling and Ziggy's we're, like, hey, "We're hey. gonna die. We're mortal. Oh, oh no. man! And the follies of flesh." <laughs> Ziggy tells everyone, "Everyone's to shut reading up. Camus, <laughs> Sartre." <laughs> Black Rangers just reading Blood Meridian and getting bad ideas in the corner. But the yeah, things could get wild in this city. Like, <laughs> like once they realize that Doctor K is like six years old. Exactly. Yeah, the Rangers. Then, like and everyone, the, like the Rangers and the head of the military are the only people who know that at this point in the show. So yeah, if that information got out, that could actually be very bad. Then it becomes Doctor Strange Love, where uh, we're taking almost over the base. This is. The idea of the city of Corinth is almost like the plan that Doctor Strangelove has at the end yeah. of that movie. To be honest, we just with less fucking. Yeah, but we we don't have the American Horror Story guy yet. No, but yes, soon. Uh, I'm texting. <laughs> good, good. This is very important. We're both named. Uh, no, I was thinking of his partner Brad Falchuk. Oh, okay. Was gonna. Well, yeah. Everyone named Brad knows each other, and we all have oh, each other's numbers. So I'm texting right. Brad Falchuk and be like. Right. Hey, I know we haven't talked in a while. Can I have Ryan Murphy's number? Do we know any Brads who know My Chemical Romance that we can get them lo- roped in on this? Um, I imagine Brad Dorif hangs out with them all the time. I, that's Brad Dorif. Yes. Uh, any other famous Brad? The Brad that's who's married to Brad George Pitt Takei. Or Brad Cooper. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, Brad Takei, I assume, is his last I name. I would hope so. I would hope so. Propriety's sake. <laughs> but yeah, Ziggy tells everyone to shut up because he's got a very important question. Are we or are we not the good guys? And that's that's a deep question for the show yeah. to ask. Very deep. But also, their enemies are killbots <laughs> that wiped out humanity. Right. So I'd say that, like this is not a matter of gray. They're the bad guys, and the Power Rangers are the good guys. Yeah. Um. I, I, I think that you're probably right, but Ziggy... <laughs> Probably. I, I think that you probably. I think you, you have. You think these. I think there's a germ of truth. Plague. <laughs> I think there's a germ of truth in what you're saying. Is is all I'll, is all I'll give you. I I I I like. I think that both sides have good points. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's a Hal ripoff. The other yeah. is humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for real though. I I forgot to mention that the bad guy is literally a Hal ripoff. He's literally a big red light in, yeah. a, in a tower. Uh, but yes. Says, are we the or are we not the good guys? Because if we're the good guys, we're supposed to win. Why? Why aren't we winning? Doctor K looks at him dumbfounded, but with a weird sense of admiration, and asks, "What's it like being stupid your whole life? Is it as wonderful as it seems?" And there's something about that line that really affects me. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's again, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I just came up with that. <laughs> This is the first time those words have ever been put together. Yeah. Is is right there. You came up with ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. Buckaroo Banzai came up with wherever you go, there you are. Yes. But uh, I I love that the way that it's because again, Doctor K's up until this point has been like throwing insults to the Rangers all the time, yeah. especially at Ziggy. Uh, She's like Rudy Ray Moore, just <laughs> just going out into the crowd and be like, up. "My my my, well, I'm gonna hit you with her titty." <laughs> Shut up, shut your ugly ass, old ass up. Uh, That's exactly Dr. K, what Dr. K's like. Uh, 
She's like that and a little bit of Don Rickles. It's a little bit of Don Rickles. Just like always edging towards racism, but yeah. keeps be, keeps keep, keeps talking about how much he loves everyone. So always okay. name dropping Frank Sinatra. Always, always. Who got fucking double tapped by some killbot. <laughs> Is Frank Sinatra? No, I believe Frank he Sinatra was survived until the apocalypse in this in universe. In this universe, in yeah, this he universe lived specifically. Until, I'm thinking he died when I was like in elementary school, so he would be very aged at this he point. He was very like, aged. He probably begged them for death. He was in a floating wheelchair, like Doctor Smythe and Spider Man. The way that Doctor K words this, though, it could be just be another insult, but she says it with such like admiration. Yeah, because like it's it you he's. Yeah. Again, this character is living in this fantasy world where it's like we're the good guys, we have to win. Where it's yeah. like it's not how God operates. Yeah, God it, needs deep ironies. <laughs> but again, like this kind of irony, as you mentioned, like this kind of uh, saying one thing but meaning another is usually completely lost on the writers of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. This is a whole new thing. The they brought Billy Wilder in for this season. <laughs> Exactly. Who in the Power Ooh. Rangers universe is also still alive. Yes. <laughs> and again, just decrepit as fuck. Just decrepit as And fuck. he's like 200 years old, and they're trying to explain to him what Power Rangers is. <laughs> trying to fucking explain uh, Zords. And they didn't bring him, like, they always had him in the chamber. Saban had him in a basement. Right. They got him in one of those, like, uh, storage locker auctions. It's, it's kind of... And it's, just the cryogenically frozen body of Billy Wilder was in there. That big blue tube Zordon was in, that's real. That, yeah. They had, just, just had Billy Wilder in And there. finally they wiped it off. And oh my god. <laughs> titan of early cinema. <laughs> Billy Wilder, not a titan of early cinema. Uh, Titan of 40s cinema. to 60s. Titan of cinema. In yeah, general, Titan of I cinema. Think. Yeah. Uh, and then they just they explain to this confused man, just like, yeah, no, uh, they fight. They 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 get into machines they like into uh, machines. an automobile. Yeah. Um, in this season, our Power Rangers RPM again trying desperately in the year of our Lord 2009, trying to be a more adult series. What shows are they going to ape in 2009? they decided to ape the format of Lost. So every episode of this show, including this one, up until a certain point, about halfway through the season when they ran out of material for this, uh, is, like Lost, cut half between the present-day action and a series of flashbacks describing how, uh, what the lives of these characters were like before the apocalypse happened. This is why every episode of the season, up until and including this one, are named after a character. Because they're all yes, the story of this that. character, this character, this character. And now we get the story of Dr. K. This is also where shit goes way off the rails. We should also mention that Dr. K created Special K. <laughs> and I'm not talking about ketamine this time. I'm talking about the cereal. The cereal. That's that was an early success of Doctor K. Yes, yes. That's what actually got her recruited. That's that's what got her recruited. As how can a cereal that tastes this good be this so low in whatever the fuck it's supposed to be low in? <laughs> low in bad things. Low in bad things. <laughs> oh man, uh, we but, should be marketing executives. <laughs> we pick up the flashbacks with Doctor K as a little girl attempting to play with chalk. Mm-hmm. But her computer-like brain doesn't allow her to simply play. Instead, she immediately starts solving complex equations, goodwill hunting style, all across the sidewalk. Appropriate of nothing, like, just... Oh, just, yeah. Uh, no, that's just how her brain works. She can't yeah. draw anything unless it's an equation. And some government honky show up toot sweet. <laughs> 
Now, actually, we never get to see what race these people are. We do. Are. Oh, do we? Yes, we get a from behind shot. Oh, yes. And uh, we and see we that they see are... see their hands. We see... We can see their necks. We can see a bit mm. of the side of their face. Okay. Yeah, but we never actually see the faces. They're honkies. Uh, they're definitely honkies, but we never get to see the actual faces of no, any of these No, they're like Nanny agents. and the Muppet Babies. Exactly. Uh, but again... This is a weird amount of artistry for Power Rangers, a show that is normally like, hey, let's get a wide shot so we can see all the fighting taking place. The show is normally very standard in that way. This is the only time I've ever seen in Power Rangers where they actually put any thought into the mise-en-scene. The mm. fact that you never get to see uh, these government agents' faces in full uh, going forward throughout this entire episode... Uh, e gives them an air of menace not usually seen in this show. Yeah, and there's also sort of a meta-textual joke that's coming up where these agents are going to take Dr. K. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess she wasn't... I mean, she's going to be raised in a facility. Do you think she ever actually got her doctorate? Like an official doctorate? I mean, that's a good question. But Dr. Frankenstein is still called Dr. Frankenstein, and he never finished school, so... True. Yeah. Either way. They are going to take pre-Dr. K to a facility which they call the Alphabet Soup. Yes. And this is a reference to the variety of uh, abbreviated organizations, CIA, FBI, NSA, all oh, of that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the Alphabet Boys. That um, I Right. I have heard of that. I just, that didn't come to mind when so I was they, watching this. Yeah, it's sort of a, again, Umberto Echo is in mm -hmm. the corner. He's nodding at me. He's like... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, they call it the alphabet soup because they're not going to identify any one organization. It's just yes, everybody. Everybody's abducting chalk children these days. Absolutely. And, and uh, they're we, going to harvest that adrenochrome. We can assume also that there are other children in this facility that have different letter designations. She has been given the designation of K, the letter K. Oh, it's the MIBs. It's the MIBs. Uh, so, yeah, we can assume that there's a young Will Smith somewhere who's been given the designation of J. Yes. Young Tommy Lee Jones somewhere who's also been given K, I guess. I <laughs> I know a young Tommy Lee Jones is hard to imagine, but just, just, just imagine. No, I just love this time compression where young Tommy Lee Jones exists concurrently with young Will Smith. Absolutely. And also young Dr. K, famous historical figure. Famous historical figure, Dr. K, pre-Dr. K. Pre-Dr. K. Uh, but yes, so Dr. This, this young child. Currently Dr. K through 12. <laughs> uh, but yes, this young doctor, this young child who uh, is a, the most famous child in the world because that she invented Special K at a young age, mm -hmm. has been recruited by the government, and we can more presume... More Shanghai. More Shanghai, be, uh, yeah. I she, don't know if that's an inappropriate term these days. Press I don't know. ganged. Most press ganged. I think that's a good that's a good term for it. Uh, yeah, she's been pressed into servitude by the government, and she's in this sort of military uh, bunker yeah. where they keep her locked up, and they have... Uh, given her Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Yeah, they uh, tell her she's allergic to sunlight. They tell her she's allergic to sunlight and she has to stay inside the bunker. What they're doing for her is for her own good, mm -hmm. even though she all she wants is to see the sun. She gets cake once a year. She gets cake once a year on her birthday. This is mostly a device so we can Track. chart the years going yeah. by, see how old she's getting. Letting the uh, days go by, water flowing on. Talking Heads, everyone in the band, David Byrne and the rest, huge Power Rangers huge fans. Huge Power Rangers fans. Ron Wasserman, Miles Davis, 
Talking David Heads, Burns. David Burns and the Talking Heads, all Power Rangers yes. supergroups. While while they have her in in this base, they have her crack coded messages, develop missile guidance sy- systems, and uh, it there's even a reference to something that sounds like they're having her make biological weapons. Mm-hmm. Again, some fucked up dark shit for Power Rangers. Just a regular child labor sweatshop. <laughs> Yeah. Nikes, bioweapons, mm-hmm. what have you. Her only outlet, as we see in this flashback, aside from her work, is that she is music. given... Yes, she's given some musical instruments. She's given the violin, of course, as and we a saw. Keyboard. And a keyboard. And a keyboard, yes. She's doing all sorts of 80s uh, keyboard solos. Yeah. She... Uh, <laughs> I wish they gave her like a keyboard every birthday and she had like one of those super prog setups where she's just surrounded by keyboards. Oh my God. I would love that. There is sort of a sinister, subtle element to this. I don't know if this is intentional, but throughout the episode, this part is intentional. We see that when she's playing her violin, when she's playing the piano, uh, her equip her her musical instruments are tied to her equipment. When she's playing the music, she's also manipulating the computers mm, in some I way. I didn't notice that. Yeah, and there is a part of me that wonders: Was this environment so abusive that the only way she could al- she could convince them to allow her to use this stuff is if she could somehow tie it into the work they were giving? Oh, her. interesting. Yeah, that's. Uh, more thought than the writers gave it, my friend. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, again, this this re- episode has a weird amount of thought put into it for okay. a Power Rangers episode. Do you think this was someone's magnum opus? you think this was someone's, like... I know that, uh, I forget his name now, but the producer who made this season and was like, he really was very intent upon making this a really good thing, like a really solid season of television. Uh, he, he really wanted this to be something special. Unfortunately, resulted in a lot of script delays because he was like just trying to make this thing work. Gotcha. Finally, we get to the end of this flashback, and she's looking like she does uh, in the present day. She's looked like the actress playing her. She is asked by her handlers for a birthday wish, and in a line that absolutely destroys me every time I hear it, she says, I wish I could remember my name. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. What do you think her real name was? <laughs> Horsey Lou? I, I want to imagine it Fartsy. was a K name, but uh, there's no way to tell. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, Keurig. <laughs> Calliope with a K. Mm. Just because I think that'd be pretty. I'm going to say all the names I previously said. <laughs> All of them at once. Yep. So that was what names did you say? Horsey Lou. Horsey Lou. Fartsy. Fartsy. Uh, and I don't remember after that. Uh, Pippi Longstocking. Sure. Sure. All of those names and more. <laughs> and also every name given to any of the characters in Up. Dr. K is snapped out of her memories by the sounds of another Vengex attack. Oh no. The Rangers shout their morphing phrase RPM, get in gear, oh. and drive their Zords which, as we've mentioned, are giant animal-themed vehicles with googly eyes on them, towards the threat. What do you the think threat. the carbon emissions on these are? Insanely high. Yeah. Absolutely. Not and only especially it's in a dome exactly, city. Exactly. So, oh, like, my God. Like, it's amazing that anyone's still alive in the city with with the amount of, po- of, oh, of secondhand carbon monoxide they're breathing this in. This is just a... This is essentially a big garage that they're all living in. Oh, this is like the opening of Midsummer times a thousand... <laughs> Times a million. The exact number of the of how many people are in Corinth is never stated in the show, so they can keep playing with the idea of 
how many people were actually murdered yeah. by the robots. They never explicitly state how many people were actually killed because it's Power Rangers and they can only go so far. But uh, you wish you. <laughs> You I wish, wish we had numbers. You wish every episode ended with like a scrolling list of names of the fallen. Oh my god! Yes, exactly. I'm. Exactly. I want to do like a, not only the fall in every episode. There's more names because people were stepped on by the monsters or the Zords or shit like that. We should do the dark, gritty, true detective. Uh, Tokatsu Bon. Tokusatsu. Tokusatsu Bon. Uh, I think it's just Tokusatsu. Tokusatsu Bond. Okay. <laughs> the company that started Power Rangers was called Saban. Yes. Named after Haim Saban. That band Haim Saban. Yeah. <laughs> those sisters. <laughs> those, those sisters, Haim and Saban. They combine their Zords into the two Megazord forms they have available to the them. The two separate forms. Two separate forms. And uh, I think that you... I, I have to correct myself. I think that you're right. We don't get a goon fight in this. We because don't. Because this is all Zord because fighting. Because... Whoa, the Rangers don't even fight some goons before they get into their bots? No, this is an all-Zord episode. Which they do... They have done all-Zord episodes in previous seasons, including in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay. They have almost never been my favorite episodes, because I... You know, I like martial arts. Yeah. We both like martial arts. You want to see some bog-standard, underpaid stuntmen in Lycra. (laughs) Just uh, taking a shot to the jaw. I mean, in this at this in this era of the show, it was not uncommon for there to have a lot of wire foo and shit. Really, in this in That's Power Rangers, fun. the martial arts in Power Rangers is actually no joke. Like they they have some pretty legit okay. fight scenes. I'm sorry to insult your religion. <laughs> Essentially, I am literally wearing a Power Rangers themed belt as we say. Oh, that's speak. cool. Yeah. But yeah, Dr. K warns the Rangers that the Reflex Bot, as you mentioned earlier, can recreate things that are seen in its mirror. Uh, just after she says this, it opens its mirror and replicates both of the weapons on the arms One's of the Megazords. One's a big gun. A big gun and a big uh, knife or something, I think. Something. I don't remember. Wow, you love this episode I, so much. I, I, yes. <laughs> Honestly, there are so many seasons of Power Rangers and so many giant robots within those seasons that a lot of them kind of blur together. together. Yeah, you've seen so much shit. I've seen so many giant robots. It's like war, exactly. So many of your friends have died right beside you. (laughs) Died right beside me watching Power Rangers. When you get off the plane after coming home from watching Power Rangers, people spit on you. They call you baby killer. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Reflex Bot uses the Rangers' weapons against them, shatters the Zords into their component pieces with almost one hit each, which is pretty pathetic, Power Rangers. Get your act together. Uh, And uh, the Ranger... But just before it can actually kill the Rangers, it has some sort of catastrophic systems failure. some sort of robo-heart attack. Robo-heart attack and just dies. Uh, Conveniently, because it's a Power Rangers monster, shrinking itself back down to human size as it dies... So that when Dr. K says, hey, bring me that robot so I can look at it, they can put it on a gurney and wheel it right into her laboratory so she can do some research. Because normally when Power Rangers defeat monsters, they blow up. So she doesn't yeah. usually get to look at a corpse of a, of, a, of a robot. We get another flashback to Dr. K being used to develop government-issue Ranger technology. Uh, as, again, as part of Alphabet Soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's introduced to two other members of the Alphabet Soup team. The annoyingly chipper and slightly psychic twins, Jem and Gemma. Yeah! Jem and Gemma. What were your thoughts on Jem and Gemma? See, I uh, Jem and Gemma are Asian. Yes, they are. 
and I feel like they made that choice to cast Asian actors mm-hmm. to add to the weirdness of it. Could be. To add to the... Because these characters are meant to be off-kilter. Yes, they are. Yeah, and, and I they, feel like they, they, they were... They do that gimmick where two twins are constantly finishing each other's sentences. That yes. is mostly in TV and not actually how real twins act in real life. I just feel like they were exploiting foreignness to convey mm. a different type of foreignness. So mm. that bothered me. I uh, did not have that read, but I that's not outside the realm of possibility. As we have mentioned already in this episode, Power Rangers has an unfortunate history of not having the best takes when it comes to race race. Yeah. Uh, um, again, the first uh, red ranger to be played by a black actor, ex-con uh, character mm. is like the one red ranger who's an ex-con. It just happens to be the black one. And the red ranger is always the king. The red ranger is the leader of the team. Yeah. Unless you're in a season with Tommy in it, in which case it doesn't matter what color ranger he is. He's the leader of the, of the team because people Tommy unites us all. Can't fucking get over Jason David Frank. People just love Jason David Frank. All, everyone except for Jean-Claude Van Damme, who once assaulted Jason David Frank in the hallway. Hmm. Yes. But yeah, Gemma and Gemma are these two characters that are uh, pretty divisive among the fan base. Uh, the fan base has opinions about these characters? Yes, they hate them. Okay. <laughs> not No, not everyone hates them, but uh, they there are some very sort of like divisive attitudes about These it. one-off characters. Hmm. Do they return? Uh, yes. Yeah. So no one cares s- if you spoil Okay, slight spoilers for Power Rangers RPM, but Gem and Gem are not just one-off characters. They Do, do they turn back. out to be the weird robot goons of... No, they're not okay. the weird robot goons, They, but they... I, I will get into it later on in this, okay, in this plot sure. description. I didn't hate Gem and Gemma. They felt okay. like characters on a fucking children's show. That's very true. My problem with them is that, again, they are supposed to be twins who constantly finish each other's sen- sentences. What did I do? You dropped oh, the coaster. I dropped my coaster. Um, who constantly finish each other's sentences. And the actors have not worked on this gimmick enough to make it believable. So there are these horribly long pauses in between when one actor stops a sentence and another actor picks it up. Uh, and it's also a gimmick, and I prefer characters to be characters rather than gimmicks. Yeah. Yeah, just in general. Yeah. In Power Rangers especially. In Power Rangers especially, yes. Billy Billy from the original Power Rangers, complete character. Yeah. Completely, fully fresh, fleshed out character, not a nerd stereotype at all. Blue Ranger. The Blue Ranger, yeah. Yes. The, the, the horribly stereotypical nerd, yes. Yes. Yes, uh, who was... Uh, ran off the set of Power Rangers in Season 4 by people uh, using homophobic slurs against him. Yes. I've heard that. Yes. He's apparently much happier now. I hope so. We love David Yost. Thank you. Dr. K's birthday rolls around again, and this year, Jem and Gemma are there to celebrate with her and get her a present, a big pencil. Yay! Yay! Where did they get this? <laughs> they made did it Did they themselves. trade in enough uh, hostage ticket to buy something from the school store? <laughs> The alphabet soup has a Joker's themed thing where they, if they do here's, enough, if they do enough child labor, they get tickets to to buy a super soaker or problem. some shit. Doctor okay. K never left her little room. That's true. Gem and Gemma went out and found Skee Ball. <laughs> 
everyone else in the facility is like they're playing skee ball. They're right. playing that thing where you shoot the balls at the teeth. Yeah. Um, if Doctor K had only gone out of her room every once in a while, she'd realize that this particular child slavery uh, a bunker is a fun one. Yeah, man. it's like a Peter Pan type kidnapping. <laughs> It's like it's like the nightclub, the video game nightclub from Hackers out there. It's so yes. much fun. Uh, sure, you can do dangerous science. Yeah, to support the military-industrial complex. Right, or you can go have a little fun. Or you can have a little fun. You know? <laughs> it's really up to you. <laughs> the and Doctor K just was like so isolationist. So isolationist. She never was like the energy with which you said, "Or you can have a little fun," is like just threw me back into Gogurt commercials from the early two thousands. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my idea for the perfect Gogurt commercial? No, but I can't wait to okay. hear it. So this would have to be back before Gogurt was a thing. I'm right. Talking like early nineties. Er, okay. The days of MC Hammer. Right. So Is MC Hammer in this commercial? Yes. Because already Greenlit. He's in it. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with him dancing with some kids. Mm-hmm. And but they get tired because they're dancing so hard. He's like, Right. I got a treat. And he pulls out some Gogurt. And there's some old fucking square off to the side who's like, please, Hammer, don't gird him. <laughs> Close up on Hammer's face. He says, nah, I think I will. Starts fucking making it rain Gogurt on people. Uh, I think it goes without saying, best commercial ever. Yeah, I know. Best commercial ever. Too good. Too good. Gem and Gemma get Dr. K a big pencil, saying that Dr. K is their friend. Dr. K, in another iconic line, says, Gem, Gemma, you should know, I don't even like you. I enjoyed that, too. <laughs> that was a great line. But uh, they had a the great comeback. Great comeback. We know. We can still like you, can't we? And again, tears. Deeply sad and pathetic for Gem and Gemma's <laughs> part. They have each other. They don't need this loser. <laughs> Uh, I think that you're this, crying right now. I I'm getting close. Yeah, yeah. No, this it's it's a uh, it is another thing where like we talked about. No, it's with, very sweet. It is it's very sweet, and I think that there might be a, an element to it of I hadn't thought this down this track, but then uh, Brad watched this episode the first time and messaged me. He's like, "Is this therapy for you?" And I hadn't thought of it that way, but I was like, I do think that there's a Paddington two element of like. It's uh, tapping into some tapping stuff. into some stuff with me that I, I mostly have thought not fully unpacked because you grew up on a compound, right? I thought this was like, of course, this is like, oh my god, someone's telling my story, right? Yes, yes. I I too was told that I was allergic to sunlight. I actually just was allergic to sunlight. Uh, still am. That's why I'm a nerd. Doctor K is moved and dumbstruck by this. Now uh, they get her a big pencil, which apparently she uses because we'll later see a flash forward. We'll go back to the present, and it's down to a nubbin. Well, in, what if they had gotten her like a big novelty comb? <laughs> do you think? Do you think one she would have used it, and two, when we go back to the present, it would have shrunk down to the size of a normal comb? I think that she absolutely would have used it because we do see her using the pencil in the very next part of the flashback. Oh, is that another flashback? I couldn't remember. Because she doesn't have any use for a pencil, uh, Alphabet Soup is paperless. Yes. She uses her computers. She instead is typing with one hand and using the pencil uh, sharpened down to a nub to type with the other hand just so she can use this present that they gave her. Because it means so much to her, she has she feels like she has to use it, but she doesn't know how to use it. So she just sorts of hunts and pecks with one hand and types normal with the other one. Gotcha. 
And I thought that was so cute. But so, yes, she absolutely, if that's the dedication that she gave to the pencil, absolutely she's using a comb. She might not use it as a comb, but she's using it somewhere. I get what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking pervert. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Fucking pervert. Yeah. Yeah. One day, I think this is the same scene where she's typing with a nub. Uh, One day she's fascinated to see a monarch butterfly in her lap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she sees this butterfly and like, I could tell this was out of place for a Power Rangers episode. Cause oh this, yes, immediately. Because I was like, this episode is again, you are right. This episode looks like shit. Like yeah. the, the, the actual, again, like, it's a television show from 2009 that I'm watching on a large screen television. Right. And the, and the film, the film quality is markedly worse than honestly most seasons of power rangers which is which is a shame but, even, but it's like, not even the film quality it's just that this character following a butterfly is happening in a fucking power rangers episode like it's yeah, but it's what, an odd bit of artistry when they take even though their stuff it looks bad they and they don't have a lot of resources to make it look good they take those resources and they use them in really interesting ways like gotcha. this scene again of dr k just wordless there's this is a silent scene I cannot tell you how weird it is to have a silent scene in Power Rangers at all. I know, There's... it made me uncomfortable, so I was just yelling at my screen, like, <laughs> Yeah! Mama, mama! This like, is... why is there silence? This is why you can never watch Charlie Chaplin movies, because you yeah. just start yelling. Uh, just incomprehensible gibberish. Just like... <laughs> just... I, I... just like loud man noises but at the same but like the the an equivalent of the donald duck freak out just like yeah. but yeah uh <laughs> dr k is just following this butterfly through the halls and i almost wondered if this was like a hallucination if she was having like it almost feels like will that. graham hallucinations and oh then my i was God. like i want the dr k thriller <laughs> I want the dr k thriller yes and- i would love that oh my god brian fuller's power rangers would be <laughs> fucking incredible <laughs> Can you imagine? I Holy want, shit. Yeah, like I said, I want a Dark Power Rangers. I want yeah. a... Anything by a Dark Power like, Rangers... Again, like, I want... I want to say just I, real quick, because I know people are going to gonna try and tell me about this after this. I know... No one listens to this, and no one cares about Power Rangers. If anybody who does care about Power Rangers or knows about this, that dark... Do not indulge him. <laughs> that dark, edgy Power Rangers fan film that was popular a couple of years ago, I have seen it. It's a piece of shit. I want a different edgy version of Power Rangers, not that edgy version of Power Rangers. Well, that one, one was awful. One, our Dark Power Rangers is not called Power Rangers. It's not part of the official franchise. Oh, oh I, I see. I see. This is yes. like a, this is a knockoff that we're yeah, making it's, here. We're going to do Watchmen, but Power Rangers. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I, we're going to do I'm exactly on board. Watchmen. We're, we're just going exactly to rip off the, the comic book script. <laughs> And we're not going to change any of Word like, for fucking word. Who's the Rorschach of... Uh, <laughs> who's the Rorschach of Power Rangers? Oh, man. Who's the Rorschach of Power Rangers? Uh, I'm I'm going to go... This is the only person I can think of. Andros from Power Rangers in Space. So obvious. So obvious, yeah. Fascinated to see a monarch butterfly. She falls down the hall and falls it into a room where there is an open window, which seems like if you are trying to 
terrify children staying here, you probably shouldn't have left a window open. Idiots. Uh, yeah, and also I feel like this bunker should be like underground, like deep underground. Yeah, you would think, but apparently not. But she follows this into, into a room with an open window. The butterfly flies through the window, and she's in the room before she realizes that there's sunlight. The sunlight hits her, and she realizes... I'm not dying. Mm-hmm. And she enjoys and looking is, into, the, into the sunlight for a second. This is where they spend their entire budget for the season to obtain the Elton John song, I believe it's Someone Saved My Life Tonight. Uh, and we hear the strains of butterfly, fly away, hi away, bye-bye. Uh, $60 million for that snippet. <laughs> And that's why the film quality looks like shit. Yes. Because $50 but million. They knew, they knew. They knew they needed that five seconds of an Elton <laughs> John song. Oh, man. Uh, but yes. Once again, Dr. K shook out of her memories by a Vengex attack. This time, somehow, Vengex has managed to get... And this is why I remembered there being a foot soldier fight in the episode, even though there isn't. They send drones. The foot soldiers show up in, like, little fighter jet drone things. Ventrix is Obama. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Flying around and and bombing the city, shooting shooting people, uh, or shooting buildings, maybe. And the rangers have to run off to deal with them, but while they're off trying to fight these robots, it turns out Vengex is second in command to Naya 7, which is the robot that looks like a person. Yes. He was hiding inside the corpse of it Reflex It was a setup all along, and I was upset in the beginning. I was like, what, you just had a dumb fucking robot heart attack? And that's, yeah. that's way too convenient. But they Kaiser Sozade me. They Kaiser Sozade you. You didn't. You, if you had looked behind you, you would have seen the robot is Ark in a, on, and written on the wall behind you. Dr. K... Uh, is now alone in the base with the terrifying uh, killer robot, Tanaya Seven. Seven, who's just acting like shit all over the just place. Just acting like shit all over the place. I'm sure she's a lovely person. I'm sure she's great. I don't understand how she got this role. She is also, unfortunately, one of the actors who's having the most trouble hiding their New Zealand accent. It is it is blatant. In some seasons, they just let characters have New Zealand accents. I sure. wish they had just let her have one. Yeah. Because why not? Uh, people have New Zealand accents. It's okay. Robots can have New Zealand accents. Sure. They're, there are robots and Transformers that have Scottish accents. In the 80s, everyone was fine with the fact that a killer robot from the future had an Austrian accent. We'll deal with it. Yeah, well, uh, we expect people from that part of the world to kill people, so... <laughs> <laughs> you said that so seriously. <laughs> I just I don't want to offend anybody. But just that whole that whole thing, Germany huh? region. <laughs> I understand Austria isn't Germany, but there's but from American geography, right? Yeah, Austria is basically Germany, right? Just how Belgium is basically France. Sure, Doctor K as. It turns out has not entirely unprepared. She has giant laser cannons that she uses to fa- fend oh, off. Yeah, Dr. behind Tanaya her 7. desk, just right behind her desk. Yeah, like she's like, the fucking overseer in Fallout. 
Yes, uh, she as we learned in the previous episode of the show, she also has them hidden in the ref- in the refrigerator if any of the Power Rangers try and steal her snacks. That's funny. Yeah. Tanaya Seven uh, destroys the laser cannons with her double barrel finger guns. Then takes over Doctor K's workstation and starts fucking with the Rangers, taking remote control of their Zords. Doctor K knocks uh, Tanaya Seven into a tube. Holds her captive temporarily and tries to undo the damage she's oh, done. Oh, doesn't she, like, knock off her hand? She, I think she does. Yeah, she yeah. knocks off the gun hand and shoves her in a Not tube. Not that that's important. I just wanted to prove I was paying attention. Right. <laughs> knocks her into a pneumatic tube. and <laughs> Sends uh, her to the bank. Gets her deposited. As the situation is getting worse, Dr. K once again flashes back to explaining to Gem and Gemma that none of them are allergic to the sun. They have been lied to, and she wants to escape and bring Gem and Gemma with her. Who needs someone to populate the new world? (laughs) (laughs) The the way to Dr. K's heart is uh, a big pencil, as it turns out. Mm -hmm. One of the programs Dr. K has been working on for Alphabet Soup is a virus she calls Vengex. She did the thing! She did the thing. And she is. She figures if she uploads it wirelessly to Alphabet Soup servers, it will fuck things up enough that they can escape undetected. But she just needs to add a little bit of extra stuff that she has on this USB drive that will, because Vengex is a self-replicating and sentient program, uh, she needs to put in a failsafe that will kill it if it tries to get outside of Alphabet Soup's systems. Mm. Before she's able to do that, it turns out just... Having Vengex at all was enough to alert Alphabet Soup that uh, she was about to escape because a bunch yeah, of their I mean, foot soldiers come I, in and take her away. I imagine they keep pretty tight surveillance of I, these people. I would imagine they only have, like, what, three children in here that they're torturing. As far as we know, there could be others. Uh, but she's unable to install the final safeguards on Vengex, and she says that uh, he's going to... If he ever gets out of the Alphabet Soup system into the regular internet, he'll grow exponentially and take over the world. And uh, Vengex is sadly not played by David Warner, Aww. but I, I wish. Yeah. Again, he played the Lobe in Freakazoid. He's, it's not exactly something he would be opposed to doing, I, I don't think. I mean, he probably would be opposed to doing a non-union work, but still. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he'd go to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. David Warner hates kiwis. David Warner famously hates kiwis. The bird, specifically. The bird and the fruit, not the people. Yeah. Both, but both the bird and the fruit. And the shoe them. polish. And the shoe polish hates all three. Absolutely hates them. Calls it the kiwi triple threat. <laughs> it's written into all He sees all any of, his... of them. He breaks out in hives. It was written into his contract for In the Mouth of Madness that they had to keep all three off the set. Yes. At all. And they had a dilly of a time with those birds. <laughs> He got really nervous working with Sam Neil. Sam Neil, but you he know, realized Sam... he—that's when he realized that the Kiwi could also be a person. Yes, and he realized he had some self-examination he needed to do. But part of Sam Neil's contract was mm-hmm. he had to have a dozen Kiwi birds, right, in his trailer. That's yes. how he slept. That's <laughs> he just slept on a bed of Kiwis. Yes, uh, and, and he rode he, them around, and he had ki- and he had omelets with Kiwi the fruit in them every morning. So sure, David Warner. That sounds gross. <laughs> Sam Neill's a weird dude, man. Sam, he was traumatized on the set of Jurassic Park, and this is just how he gets through. This is how he, this is how he gets through. Kiwi omelets. David Warner was very terrified of Sam Neill's breath on the set of that on the set of that movie. Just a note: Power Rangers usually, not always, but usually has a rock and roll soundtrack, 
and uh, it fucking rules. Sure. I love the soundtrack. I, I tried to find the soundtrack to this episode uh, after watching it just because I loved the score so much, but they don't release that stuff. Tanaya Seven uses her ability to make her robot hand that's that you that mm -hmm. she knocked off run around like thing from the Adams family to escape. She moves to kill. This is a great remake of Doctor Strange Love. Yes. It's bold. It is. It's bold. It's innovative. It's something like this could only come from visionary director Zack Snyder. <laughs> but it didn't. It so didn't. I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> Uh, yes, she moves to kill Dr. K while Vengex unleashes a second reflex bot to fight the Rangers again. Yes, it was established earlier that he had two. Yes. And uh, this one has shoulder pads, so you know it's ooh, way more dangerous. So you know he's ready to play football. Ready to play football. Dr. K runs away, gets her hands on a big ray gun, or a sonic blaster, I think they call it, and starts blasting it to Nia 7. Uh, and she's only just able to hit a button to allow the Rangers to combine into their Megazords... Uh, but this reflex bot is just as tough as the last one, and it just knocks their zords apart. They are immediately defeated. End of show. Roll credits. End of show. Roll credits. It's something unpredictable that in the end is right. It's just it ends just like Sopranos. It just goes right to black, but yeah. instead it plays that song, <laughs> <laughs> which is how every show in the '90s ended. It's how every show in the one. It is surprisingly that everyone kind of freaked out when Sopranos ended when really it was just an homage to the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, Tanaya Seven starts hiding and, and menacingly whistling. <laughs> just menacingly wolf whistling at Dr. K. <laughs> Dr. K can't shoot her and she's freaking out. Again, this is way scarier than Power Rangers usually gets to go. We never have like a villain taunt a hero like this. Uh, and she says to Dr. K, you pride yourself on how smart you are, aren't you? But you still royally messed up, didn't you? Clearly talking about the situation she's currently in. Yeah. But to Dr. K... Dr. K's like, oh my god, a witness. <laughs> I need to mark this bitch. Pretty much. she's she's. Uh, it's digging into her trauma and guilt over literally having the blood of almost everyone on Earth on her hands. Oh, that makes her so much hotter. <laughs> It's not a attainability thing. Uh, no, it's you just can't like, attain her because she because you're dead. Man. Well, yeah, <laughs> not in my head cannon. <laughs> not in your head cannon. My head cannon. I'm shipping us hard. Oh, okay. I'm like a guard works near. <laughs> her. I'm like, hey, so you like apocalypses? <laughs> that's you know, that's your line. You like apocalypses? <laughs> she's there. I'm there. It's an apocalypse. We have that in common. <laughs> You know what? You got to start somewhere. Yeah, you got to start like, with with your co the common denominator. Oh work from man, there. robots. Am I right? <laughs> Killing everybody but us. Oh man. You oh. know what? I think you got an in. I think you got an in there. And I'm like, hey, that's a nice lab coat. That's how I know you're a scientist. <laughs> Kay goes. I really enjoy your bob. <laughs> your or her hair bob. Yes. Right. Uh, Dr. K goes full predator, just shooting rapidly and randomly into into random directions. Uh, while crying, cut to just like Arnie in Predator, just full yeah. crying while shooting his Gatling gun. Uh, Violence is never the answer! <laughs> cut to another flashback, still in the alphabet soup bunker, Dr. K records the message played in the opening of every episode, and in the beginning of the first episode in more detail, calling on the survivors of the apocalypse to retreat to the city of Corinth. She gathers up the remaining equipment for the Power Rangers program, 
and she is stopped by her faceless handlers, who even in this scene do not ever, we don't get to see them. No. But they are honkies. They are indeed honkies. You were right. They are only concerned. They don't care that the world's ending. They don't care about getting the Power Rangers tech out of there. All that they care about is legal culpability. They they realize that because Vengex was created in Alphabet Soup, if they let anyone escape, that's a witness, as you said. And uh, Can I get a witness? Whoop! Uh, and they all need to die. And so they are good. They pull out the most realistic guns I've ever seen in the Power Rangers oh, yeah? uh, episode to uh, murk Dr. K where she stands. But Gem and Gemma show up and beat the shit out of them off screen. Off screen, and I'm glad in this martial arts show we don't, <laughs> we don't get to see them yeah. do anything. Yeah. We just get some cartoon sound effects. Yep. Uh, glass shatters, a cat yells. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this is, an, I think, maybe the only episode of Power Rangers I've ever seen with no martial arts in it at all. And you would think that I would count that as a point against it. You clearly do. but I, I do. I hold it 100% against it. It's yeah. The, it's like, that's the one, vote. the one thing you watch Power Rangers for that is martial arts. The 1,000 times a day I watch Power Rangers. <laughs> that's what I watch it for. <laughs> I watch it for kata. Right. I watch it for forms. Of course. Yes. So Gem and Gemma say that they need to grab the last two morphers that uh, they don't have yet. The the morphers for the silver and gold rangers. They run down the hall and an explosion silver takes place. And gold. Silver and gold. Oh, it's a Rankin Bass tie in. It's a Rankin Bass tie in. Finally, the multiverse we need. <laughs> Power Rangers and Rankin Bass. Later in the season, they cross over into the Hobbit. Oh, oh. man, Lord of the Rings, we brought full circle. Oh. Uh, but yes, uh, Gem and Gemma, they, they, they are killed in an explosion. Now, Brad, you clearly thought that these characters were one were one-off characters. I assume, episode. because did, did I Did you think that they were dead? I, I did. I even made mm. the note they did Gem and Gemma so fucking dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, because That's actually it was like... These characters who showed empathy, who yeah. showed kindness. Who, They're pretty endearing in this episode. Um, yeah, I was like, that's fucking dumb for one-off characters. Do they come back as Power Rangers? Yes. Okay, so, once you said they were going... I didn't catch this bit where they were going for morphers. Yeah. Because well, I was unsure of, like... I just... Because, again, I was operating on this idea of, like... Oh, yeah, there's a generation of Power Rangers, and then they pass the shit on to another generation of Power Rangers. Right, yeah. So I was like... I didn't really get that Dr. K made the morphers. Right, so you weren't coming at this from the context of this is a self-contained story. You thought yes. that this was continuing off of the continuity of previous seasons. Yes. I gotcha. But yeah, though they, they run off and they I don't think they say morphers. I think they say we need to get the red and we need to get the gold and silver series. Uh, yes, they do say that, and which I didn't fucking understand. Right, that's what happened. There you go. But th- that's that's in reference to like again the designations when you say Ranger series yellow. Yes, he's talking about the golden and and silver series. Now, because you were like they don't say morphers, I was like transmogrifiers, <laughs> and that made me think of black dynamite. And I can't remember the quote exactly, but damn you, treacherous Doctor Wu, you're. <laughs> Your zest for kung fu treachery is only outmatched by your zeal for biological transmogrification. <laughs> but black dynamite, I, I sell, sell drugs, drugs to, to the, the community. community. 
<laughs> I sell killer robots to the community. I'm uh, declaring war on anyone who sells drugs to the community. <laughs> Chocolate kitty, yup. <laughs> what an incredible film. Uh, but yeah, so, but I, for me, I'm a huge fan of Power Rangers. I, I, I don't know if I've what? mentioned that. <laughs> I don't know if that's At almost up. two hours into this episode, about a 22 minute. <laughs> I don't, show. I don't know if this has come up, but uh, so I know what show I'm watching. It's a very well-worn cliche in Power Rangers at this point that they kill someone off and then they come back later. Oh, uh, so it's comic book rules. It's comic book rules. They and they Cider have House these rules. two kooky characters who are clearly meant to not just be one-off characters. Like they're two. Okay, you were you were picking up on tropes that I had no clue about. Exactly. I was yeah, like, these you, you, again, these you, goofballs don't have a reason to show up again. I guess I'm the Rube Power Rangers would be targeting. This like, is this is the Power Rangers jazz that we're talking about. Hey. <laughs> Smart looking fella, let me tell you about Jim and Gemma. I think they'll be around forever if you know what I mean. Power Rangers Nightmare Alley. Uh, Guillermo, de- I wouldn't watch Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. I guess that or Guillermo del Toro Power Rangers. Yeah, although I guess that's just Pacific Rim. That is, honestly, kind of yeah. Honestly, Pacific Rim is kind of entirely Power Rangers. But uh, so when. And they die off camera. We don't get to see mm-hmm. them die. You, unlike uh, most Power Rangers episodes, where you see the mangled corpses of the dead. So many, so many corpses. They're going off to find two morphers that, up until this point in the series, have never been mentioned before. So, of course, they're not gonna die. They're gonna come back. And well, they're now you're going to be me feel Power like Rangers. a fucking idiot. No, you didn't. You're, you don't no, know like, these tropes. Oh, obviously. <laughs> if you had finished college, Brad. <laughs> If you had only finished your doctorate in Power Rangers studies. <laughs> Everyone on goddamn Earth knows that Jem and Jem are coming back. <laughs> Morphonautics 101. What did you eat? <laughs> what? Morphonautics 101. Okay. It's, they always say Morphonautics in Power Rangers. Okay. I That's feel like their the whole thing. dead now. Wait uh, <laughs> fucking just... Just kill the bit. Just, yeah. No, uh, but Morphonautics? That sounds like a cuss. <laughs> You know I don't like cusses. <laughs> I like yeah. curse words. Right. I like swears. Yes. I don't like cusses. No cusses. No cusses Brad. That's what we call you. That's my cowboy name. <laughs> that's your that's your cowboy name. That's my exactly. outlaw name. <laughs> no cusses Brad. I shoot any man who cusses. <laughs> Again, if he swears. Right. If he says a curse word. Right. We're good. Yes. He cusses. Bolt to the brain. Easy morphonautics. Fucking Han Solo. Han Solo under the Except table. Except it's different because I wasn't in danger. Yeah. He just used language I didn't like, so I murdered him. <laughs> oh man, we learn something new every day about on this show. But yes, Olivia Tennant. But Olivia Tennant does not play this scene with the wink and the nudge that Power Rangers normally does with character deaths. Oh, so she uh, she's doing her job as an actress. Exactly. Yes, uh, that's why I didn't pick up on it because I just expect actors to do a good job acting. She's like fully like screaming and like fully acting the trauma of this moment to the point where even though again as a Power Rangers fan I'm fully immersed in these tropes I know what's going on I know what they're doing I'm fully invested in this moment watching this episode even though we we get to this moment of a person realizing that they have not only killed a majority of Earth's population she has also managed through her actions to kill the only two people who ever loved her 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> Thursdays, am I right? Oh, my God. Every Thursday. <laughs> See, the killing most of humanity is the easy part. <laughs> right, yeah, that's the easy. The bringing it back so no one notices. Mm-hmm. Call me Dr. Quinn, because I'm the medicine woman. Uh, tonight, we cut back to the present. Tanaya Seven shows up with a reflex spot's mirror, saying she likes Dr. K's weapon and wants one of her own. Uh, she opens the mirror, and Dr. K ducks out of the path super quick so that the mirror creates a duplicate of the doohickey that she needed earlier in the episode. Makes it easy. Makes Odysseus proud. <laughs> Such cleverness. Such cleverness. And I mean, this does harken back a lot to Greek myth. Uh, oh, Corinth, absolutely, Corinth. I noticed another parallel earlier that I didn't mention because I didn't think I'd bring up this Greek thing again. Just the idea of the mirror, Medusa? Sure, Persis. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. The myth that invented mirrors. <laughs> mirrors didn't exist before that. Dr. K very quickly installs it. Uh, somehow, even after being overpowered by Tanai Seven this entire episode, just kind of lightly pushes Tanai Seven out of the way and immediately installs this uh, device and programs the Zords with a new Megazord. Now they can all combine into one. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream has come true. <laughs> exactly, his dream. Uh, the new Megazord. I have a dream that all Zords will be as one. <laughs> Oh, what a visionary that rest man. Rest in power. Rest in power, Martin Luther King Jr. And rest in power, Rangers. Rest, rest in power, Rangers. Weird tangent. Uh, Where Ron, is this going to go? Ron Wasserman, who I've referred to several times, who wrote the songs for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, as well as several other seasons, said the only song for Power Rangers he ever really regretted writing was a song he wrote to celebrate the premiere of the character of the White Ranger that you talked about, because the lyrics were, Oh, no. White Ranger, oh, Tiger Power, no. White Ranger, Tiger Power. I saw where that was and going. And he realized way too late, after way too many of the episodes with this song and it had aired, that he had put the words White and Power way too close together. Yeah, that's not ideal. At least they were separated by Ranger and Tiger, but still. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No. There's a difference. But yeah, yes. not the best. Not the best, and he's you know he's not not a fan of that particular song of his. No, that's good. I'm glad he's distanced himself. Yeah. Uh, Granted, Aryan Nation is practically their anthem. <laughs> is the damage already done? Maybe. Who's that's to say? up for God to judge. I think that the 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 worst part was when uh, Donald Trump played it as at his inauguration. Yeah. 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 He did like a, a quarter lap with a piece of the agro crag. <laughs> He didn't quite make it all the round. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All around, sorry. All around, although he claimed that he had later. Yes. Uh, but yes, the new Megazord is... <laughs> sorry, I just imagined Donald Trump today on Guts back in the 90s. <laughs> and he's in the harness, he's playing like the hoop, like the basketball with the bungees. What an absolutely trippy image. Yeah, no. Uh the new Megazord is so Hey, I could write for Robot Chicken. It's just that easy. The new Megazord is so fast, it shatters the mirror on the reflex bot oh. before it can duplicate any of their stuff. Through a lens darkly, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, Tanaya Seven is livid, convinced that Dr. K must have planned this whole thing somehow. And she did! Uh, yeah. I mean, Doc, Tanaya said, I... There are two ways to read the scene. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, tonight yeah, seven sure. says. Anytime anybody says anything, you could be like, 
that's either real or it's not. Tanaya Seven says, how much of this was your doing? And Dr. K says, all of it. But that doesn't really match up with what we've seen. Like, this whole plot was created by Vengex. We can imagine that maybe she thought to herself, there's no way that robot had a heart attack. Bring it to my lab. I bet I can futz with some stuff. Or maybe she thought, oh, that robot has duplicating powers. I can use that to create a new thing. But I don't think that that's what she's saying. I think that when Tanaya Seven says, how much of this was your doing, and she says all of it. Oh, she's talking she about means, the Holocaust of humanity. Yes, I think she's talking about the world we live in is all me. I I, I am the architect. I, how I ha- solipsistic. What I, a bitch. I am become death destroyer of worlds. Mm. Uh, a line from this episode and nowhere else. Everything that Vengex does in her mind is something that she's done. So Vengex plan, even Vengex's plans are her plans. So even Vengex, if Vengex were to wipe out humanity, yeah, its success would be her success. <laughs> in her mind, I believe that is correct. A win's a win. A win. <laughs> sure, we'll say that. But she, yeah, she gets a replicate of her doohickey, and we. She also reveals that uh, that. She definitely did let Tanaya Seven stay in the lab for longer than she needed to, because she had an ace up in her upper sleeve the entire time. She pulls up her violin and starts playing it again, accessing her computer to activate a big wind tunnel that yeah. sucks Tanaya Seven out of there like a vacuum cleaner. And my final note: Yo, Doctor K chopped up some dickhead to bits like a G. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Also, in another moment of unusual artistry for the show, uh, as she plays her violin... <laughs> a full male nude! <laughs> as she plays her violin, we cut back to the Rangers, but we still hear her playing her violin the entire time as they finally destroy the mm. reflex spot. Uh, which Sound Design 101. The music Dr. K played in her lab as her only escape from the abuse and neglect she suffered is now the music she plays to try and re- as she tries to rebuild her life. We cut once again to a flashback as Dr. K wanders through the wreckage of the old world, a world where all life has been exterminated, where Vengex sought out to destroy even the flowers, and all the butterflies are now dead. Uh, we cut back to the present. Dr. K stands in her lab, technically victorious, but definitely not feeling like it. She walks away to clean up, and we see that the silver and gold ribbons that Jem and Jebba had tied around her present are tied to her workstation. Cut to a title card that reads... Power Rangers RPM. And one final bit of behind-the-scenes information. Eddie Gazillion was a name I couldn't remember earlier. Mm -hmm. Eddie Gazillionaire. Eddie the Gazillionaire was fired halfway through this season. I thought you meant halfway through this episode. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Not gonna happen. Halfway through the season, uh, he was fired. uh, And the way he was fired... He took he took all of the writers that had worked for him and all of the scripts that they had written for the last half of the season with them. So they ha- hired veteran Power Rangers producer and showrunner Judd Lynn back to mm, finish. Always it. trust a man named Judd. Judd and uh, finished out the season because of this. The first half of the season has all these like mature art more artistic aspirations to it to mm. it it's okay if you don't think that the show achieved what he was trying to go for but it is yeah. trying for something and i think that's very interesting but the second half of the season is 
Bog standard? Not bog standard, because it still has to pick Pog up the pieces. Pog standard. Pog standard, exactly. It's it's standard, but a little bit more poggers. Mm, uh, mm. So it the first half of RPM, to me, stands as this weird testament to what this franchise could be, what I've always thought it could be, and what the show almost achieved of itself within yeah. that sort it of It almost fr- transcended itself. It did, kind of. Like, this episode, I, I, I feel like you're being uh, sarcastic. No, I, a little bit. A little bit. How much longer are you going to go on? Because I need to piss. Mm, like five more seconds. Okay. Uh, Sorry, uh, you know, I'm not... I, I, under, I understand completely. I understand completely. I think that this episode is the closest Power Rangers has ever come to achieving something that I would call art. Gotcha. Uh, and I... And, yeah, and also really gets to me emotionally, which maybe says more about me than it does about the episode. But I, at by the end of this episode, when I'm watching her walk through the wreckage, I'm in full fucking tears. I walk a lonely road along the boulevard of broken dreams. Playing the violin. Playing Again, the violin. Again, a, a track requisitioned... <laughs> By the director. That's why they fired him, because he was spending $160 million on music rights. On music rights. Uh, Any final thoughts, Brad? No. (laughs) Thank you very much for letting me do this to you. Absolutely. Uh, Again, it wasn't terrible, Yeah. but I'm glad you got to talk about this thing you like. It's been something I wanted to talk about in some way for a long time. You could have hired a therapist. (laughs) And... uh, Next week, it is the 50th, 50th episode, episode of this show. And I am going to show Billy uh, one of the wildest, craziest, most goddamn insane movies ever made uh, by the madman director Alejandro Hodorowski. Oh, Jodorowsky, I've never been sure. Yeah. I watched a documentary about the man. <laughs> Still not sure. Still not sure. We are going to watch Holy Mountain. It will not be a regular episode. No. I'm not taking story notes on this. No. I'm going to show it to Billy, and it probably won't be a good episode, because he'll be in a stupor, <laughs> and I would just be like, hey, remember this? And I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But tune in for episode 50. Tune in for episode 50 where uh, we watch a movie that I am fully terrified of. You should be. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week if I'm still alive.